This is a Fubar Radio podcast. Go to fubarradio.com for more details. You're listening to the best of Johanna James and Noel Clark on Fubar Radio. Yes. It's Johanna James. I am joined this week by Joe Tasker. Hello. Right, we've got our third guest in the studio. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We're joined by Dion Walker and George Aponsa. Did I say that right? Yeah. Um, who were the writers and directors of a brand new documentary called The Hard Stop. So, welcome. The makers, though. So, one director and the producer. You, oh, I thought you wrote it. Sorry. <laughs> We've been... Been got my. Uh, You've got been pranked. I've been pranked. Pr- <laughs> worst, prank worst prank ever. <laughs> prank. Oh, so you produced and directed. Okay. Um, and could we let sort of our audience and listeners know a little bit about what it's about? Because obviously you guys are going to know. You're going to sell it way better than. Uh, okay. Well, um, yeah. It's uh, it, it's about um, the man who was killed in 2011 by police, which sparked the. UK riots, mm-hmm. which, as we know, started in London, uh, North London, Tottenham, Mark Duggan. spread across London and um, other cities of the UK. And, and that man was, a, as, as you said correctly, his name was Mark Duggan. And our film follows two of his childhood friends um, oh. following uh, the, uh, Mark's death um, and uh, following their lives, you know, as they deal with bereavement, mm. imprisonment, um, unemployment, and you know, just the whole fallout. Uh, from those events that affected so many people in 2011. Yeah, that was crazy times. That was one of the only times I've ever felt actually scared in London as a Londoner living here. That night, it had like a very frantic... Um, I was I was very scared. And for the first time... Because normally I felt like we have a system in place, like police and army and things like that too. And I felt not on their side. And it, I felt like the police weren't on... The protecting. Yeah. I just felt very vulnerable. How close were you? Um, well, very close. So I was at the time working on a on an old Clark film, and we were filming in West London. And I drove home through Peckham, um, through Lewisham. I lived in Lewisham, mm. so it was going on everywhere. Like I went outside my house down to Catford, and it was there was people That's looting, mad. smashing things. There was riot police mad. vans, but the police weren't doing anything. So I just felt like if some if something kicked off, yeah. the police weren't then going to step in, and it was all kind of every man for himself energy of that night it was very very terrifying um so what inspired you to like fully produce this and 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 well um in fact when the riots kicked off we were in copenhagen at a prince concert and um and i think so we arrived in london um like two days late the third day Mm. because riots went on for over four days and um and we and it was all over the news and we thought well you know, instead of watching it via the news, we should really just go out and see what was happening. And um, and I think I think it started there in a sense. We felt it was quite important to have a look at where this was coming from mm. in terms of why why this is happening now. Yeah, I mean, you know, we just I think it was as Londoners, you know, we we uh, wanted to really find out something about um, the the man himself, the humanity mm. and uh, you know the life that was lost because following the riots, I think that kind of got lost a little bit in the mix and if you remember in the media there was a lot of you know about all the damage that had been done to property and about various people who maybe ran into Foot Locker or somewhere to you know grab a, a pair of yeah. free trainers and it's, uh, it's somewhat detracted from 
um, you know, what actually the happened. The loss of life. Yeah, yeah. The loss of life and the, and the man himself and, and, and this community in Tottenham who have a history of these incidents um, involving, uh, you know, deaths in police custody or following police contact, which actually goes back to uh, 1985 and the original Broadwater Farm riot, all of which is uh, chronicled um, mm. in our film, The Hard Stop. Mm. And I, I think it's very interesting that you guys sort of start the film onwards from from where yeah where the media stopped basically because they were mainly concentrated on the riots and yeah. um, as I was saying to Joe earlier that I uh, I was in Channel Four made a docudrama about the events of that night um, but yeah entirely focused on the rioting and the looting and 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 whatnot and that was like the first second TV movie that that I was in but it was more the story of how the rioting affected people rather than the actual thing that sparked the, the riot and I remember as well seeing um, in the media the, the, the photo that they used for Mark they cropped they cropped it and I remember seeing on the did you did you see this I think I know what you mean yeah so they cropped cro- they cropped a photo um, and they, they sort of sold it in when actually if you if you move the photo yeah uh, the uncropped version of the photo uh, he was next to a, was it a grave yeah you're absolutely correct um, yeah. you know they cropped the photo and it was um, the image of Mark that went out in many uh, you know, uh, media, um, you know, images following uh, the it was riots. His main photo, and it wasn't seemed it? to portray this look of, you know, a scowling sort of gangster type figure. Kind of roadman. When, type. in yeah. fact, when you see the whole uncropped picture, photo. it's actually um, he's actually holding um, a placard, and um, it's um, in commemoration of his child, his his daughter who died, uh, yeah. I think, age one, and it says, you know, uh, you know. To my daughter with love, and he's actually at a gravesite. So of course, and he's the image solemn. you're looking at is yeah. of a man in bereavement. Yeah, and, of course. Uh, yeah, and they've just cropped that to make him. Well, they it's made, quite in the media like that. Then you just and what it, you make of it. That was one of the first times that I ever totally saw how much that the media can spin something yeah. or or literally just cropping a photo. The different the context of it is so different, and I, it, it massively changed my mind. So I was very thankful to whoever it was that put the uncropped yeah, photo around absolutely. the internet. So Definitely. I think this this documentary is going to be hugely eye-opening for people who may not know the whole story. Or this is the uncropped version it's of, the uncropped of Mark Duggan's <laughs> but, but, you know, like but, but, but very much sort of you know, told through the um, story of his childhood friends who are very much a reflection of him, who grew up with him, and who, you know, as far as they were concerned, you know, they, mm. they were part of an extended family together. And was it hard to to put together, um, or like, were Mark's friends? Did they really want to be part of it, or was it quite hard to trap them down? What was that story? You know, they really wanted to be part of it, but when we first began filming with them, obviously they had every reason to be somewhat distrustful of the media for yeah, the reasons we've just been discussing. Yeah. You know, because um, uh, you know, just the degree to which. Mark was being misrepresented in the media Mm -hmm. to the degree to which he was misrepresented from the very outset because if you remember the first media report was that there was a shootout that there was an actual actual exchange of gunfire on Ferry Road which is actually ridiculous and two days later that was retracted he never had a gun there was not you know and in fact what transpired is one police officer had accidentally shot another police officer who um, but fortunately was was saved by his own police radio. Mm. So I think that might have been part of the confusion. But the point was that the media said that Mark had opened fire on the police. And of course, even though you retract that two days later, it's already gone out as a story and sort of lodged in yeah. people's yeah. minds. Yeah. It's not like everyone that read that story is going to see the retraction. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah, but just to point out the media, that 
was the information they received. So it didn't start with the media. Yeah, they didn't invent it, that. Yeah. They, yeah, exactly. It was received, I think, through the police uh, IPCC. So in defense of the media a bit. Mm. <laughs> yeah, let's be, let's be you know, fair enough. Not every person in the media is going to crop everything. And yeah, like, exactly. There are some very There's honest some, journalism. Yeah, like. Fubar Radio is very, very good. <laughs> Fubar, yeah, we we're, like that. they're good. But, um, Guardian. So where is this um, the documentary? Is it going to be platform? Where is it platform? Where can people access this and see it? Right, so it actually came out on Netflix today. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, I mean, you know. Well, that's so, good. We're talking about Netflix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, and also, we must mention, we've been um, nominated for Best Documentary, Biffa Awards, and, and Evening Standards. Oh, exciting. And so, um, yeah. Big I mean, titles, that's, that's yeah. quite That's quite something. I mean, I think it means that hopefully we'll get the message out to a wider public because... Mm-hmm it's not being shown on terrestrial television. So this idea, let's hope it being on um, uh, Netflix in the UK will get the message out. That's a strong platform. Mm -hmm. And also I think that this whole subject, it can translate um, to our sort of, our our friends over in America, because it's a big thing this year. It's been about police brutality and unfairness and and there's a lot of stuff going around the internet about that. And it's really picking up a a strong Mm, uh, momentum. So I think, that this important, like it, I think it would resonate with a lot of people in America if they got to have access to this documentary. Yeah, I mean, I think we always pitch the the, the narrative as such, where it's a local, you know, it's local, it's 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 Tottenham, it's London, but at the same time, it's a transnational story, which which everyone which will mm-hmm. resonate with people in America. We've shown it in in Cairo, in Egypt, we've shown it in Amsterdam. And we've shown it in festivals in in America, so it should resonate. It's a it's a big message. No, it's really it's really cool. And um, have you got any other? Now that this one is sort of wrapped and, and and on its way off around the internet, have you got any other projects that you're looking to go forward with? Yes. Yeah, I saw cheeky smiles. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, we have. Yes, we do. What do you want to next? <laughs> Well, I don't really want to say too much about it, but you know, I'm 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 looking at maybe doing something more sort of you know fictional, but very much sort of a documentary heart. Mm-hmm. So something that you know, uh, uh, you know, I guess um, you know springs off a real story, a real situation, mm-hmm. but um, you know, this time using uh, you know a, a script and and actors and, and that sort of thing. You have yeah. two of the best in the room right now. <laughs> no, Noel isn't here. He's just, <laughs> Noel's off. Um, yeah, I think that's interesting to play on. The, well, a lot of um, I've seen a lot of things uh, be mockumentary, but they don't have to be comedy. But mockumentary yeah. style and using that as a way of um, there's a lot of um, people uh, people who do nothing. I think it's yeah. called, yeah, which yeah. is on Netflix as well. Um, it's a it's a, a fictional documentary series. Um, and I think that, that that is I really like that genre. It's such a cool style. Isn't it's like it? it's the, just off- a, yeah. the office. Yeah. yeah, the office. It's kind of fictional documentary. Yeah, um, but it doesn't have to. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be comedy. It could be anything you want. But it's because it's a scripted fictional bit. But it's in a documentary style. It adds. I don't know. It's adds such. And cool it's style very. To it. um, it's a it's a cost effective way. Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't um, look odd. Well, actually, it's, the internet's possibly the best format for that. Actually, it's really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very, very good. Oh, that's exciting. Okay, I can see there's like things in the works. So is that is that looking next year? You're going to be 
going full hog with that. Definitely. Cool. You're listening to the best of Johanna James and Noel Clark on FUBAR Radio. Um, we've got in the studio, well, not in the studio, actually. Who have we got, Joe? We are going to be talking to uh, the the writers of a new film called I Am Not a Serial, a serial killer, killer, which is like a dark, dark comedy slash. It's like a kind of all round weird new well, that's genre. That's good. Weird is film. good. That's good. Weird is good. Are they on the line? They're on the line. Brilliant. Great. We're going to try. We're always at the mercy of like technology at the moment. I'm like, <laughs> is it going to work? Are, Are they, they going to the get line? cut off? Are they here uh, with us or not? So we'll just we'll just see in a moment. But it's got some pretty cool cast members actually. It's got Christopher Lloyd who yes. plays the duck in Back to the Future. I thought you said duck. That he plays the duck. <laughs> that famous duck. <laughs> Marty's your kid, Marty. Uh, hello. Are you with us? Hello, hiya, Hello. can you hear me? Oh, we yeah. can, we can indeed. Welcome to the show, thank Hi. you so much. <laughs> How's it going? Your time. So is this Christopher and Billy? Yeah, this is Billy here, hiya. Oh, hi Billy, hi, hi. Um, so we were just trying to explain to the audience about what uh, I Am Not A Serial Killer is about, the movie. Um, I'm sure you will do it way better. Um, well, I would have put a duck in it if you'd said it earlier, that's oh, a great idea. <laughs> that is the 100 billet idea, that is. <laughs> Pop a duck in it. There's a duck. <laughs> Next film, next movie. <laughs> Absolutely. I am a serial killer. Yeah. So how did it come? So you wrote, did you write the concept? And, and I, I know it comes from a book, actually, an American book oh, okay. uh, of the same name. So Chris and me adapted it and then I directed it. So, yeah, cool. uh, it's it good fun. Oh, amazing. And how, how did it sort of get, because I always find it fascinating, like the, the story behind how a movie gets made, because it is never as easy as, you know, oh, let's just make a movie. Yeah, uh, I'll see you in a few months. There it is on the screen. Yeah, it's always such a... <laughs> A fight. It is, yeah, it's a testament. Oh, yeah, there's tons of fights. I, I mean, it it seemed pretty easy at first because the book was amazing and, it, you know, Chris and me had great fun adapting it. And <laughs> then it took another six years to get financed. So oh, it's the God. usual independent film That's story. That's quite you know, a long which, time. Yeah, which wasn't a lot of fun. But worth but, it now? But, worth it a bit? Yeah, you know, looking back at it, definitely. I mean, God, if the film had turned out to be rubbish, then no, it wouldn't have been worth it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's well, the yeah. risk, you know. But yeah, no, no, we're really happy with it. And it was a great adventure. Like, we shot it in Minnesota, and, like, the temperature was, like, minus 20 the whole time. So that was really cool. Oh, you know, that'd be do. fun. Yeah. Frostbite. Nice. <laughs> well, it was nice not shooting in the rain for once, you know. doing Like, doing a film in America is just something different about it. And, and that was just, yeah, yeah, that was brilliant. And, well, there is a, there's a big buzz going on about this film, because it's already, it was in the BFI Festival. That's right. This yeah, year. yeah, we keep going on that. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, South by Southwest, Southwest Film Festival. Um, so, and when does it? When are we able to see it? Right, it's coming out uh, in, as I say, selected cinemas next Friday. Okay. Uh, the ninth, I think, if my dates are right. Um, yep. So in in the UK and in Ireland. Uh, so I know it's on. Like they're still confirming the date or the the cinemas, but it's definitely on in the Picturehouse Central in London. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's a, there's a few around Ireland as well, and we should be finding out more, I think, on Monday. So, so it's not a massive release. We've got there's a little film opening a few days later, something rogue, something or other. I don't know, it's a tiny oh, film, yeah, yeah, Disney film, little rogue yeah. one maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's going to take up most of cinemas, I think. But yeah, no, it's, we're delighted, and it's getting great reviews and everything. So it's really good. So, yeah. um, like story theme wise, just to give a little people a little bit of an insight, it's about a 17 year old boy uh, mm-hmm. who. He he's a bit obsessed. He's got a bit of a morbid curiosity about serial killers. Yeah, and yeah. he sort of discovers—is it by accident? He discovers potentially a real serial killer. Well, you see, his mum runs the town mortuary, so he's always embalming bodies with his mum and his aunt, oh. which is not the most healthy thing for him to do. <laughs> um, and 
and then he realizes from the when the murder victims are, are delivered by the coroner uh, into the, the thing, he's the first person to spot that this could be a serial killer at work. So he's kind of like a, mm. a teenage Detective. Sherlock Holmes who yeah. investigates it, you know. Um, yeah, the other thing about him, though, is that he's clinically diagnosed as a sociopath. So he's afraid yeah. of becoming a serial killer one day himself anyway. Oh. And then this happens, which is both the most interesting thing that could happen to him and also one of the worst things because he finds it so uh, en- engaging and enthralling. Yeah, I mean, I, I love psychology. and He's amazing. Anything to do with sort of what, why our brains work a certain way or yeah. don't work a certain way. I love way. the whole concept of the, just why we dream. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why, like, what's going on in their heads? I don't understand. That's true. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. So this is a, and 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 the cast-wise, you guys really like landed on your feet with the cast for this. Is it's got Max Records. He was the was he the boy from Where the Wild Things Are? That's him. He was Max in Where the Wild Things Are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, he, he's like it, it, the film is on his shoulders because he's in every scene. Um, and you know it was a real stamina job as much mm-hmm. as anything. But he's just brilliant in it. Absolutely brilliant. Amazing. He's kind of all grown up now. You know, as a seventeen-year-old. Um, and then, of course, you mentioned the duck earlier on. The yep. duck. Yep. Duck, Brown. <laughs> yeah. uh, duck Brown. He, he was great. And he, it's kind of him playing against type as well, because he's. it's a very quiet uh, performance. It's not the kind of more cartoony, mm. like Adam's family, you know, that we would which, which are brilliant. But he, it, this is a really interesting side of Christopher Lloyd. He's yeah. really very different in this, you know. Oh, that's cool. Is, I like cool. a bit of variety. I'm a huge fan of Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, yeah, love him, love him. And he's a lovely man as well. He was, he was like, you know, we, we had him out in like it's a low budget film. We had him out in the snow in the middle of the night and everything, and you know, awful conditions. And he was, he didn't complain once. He was what a true a perfect car. gentleman. That's, yeah, that's absolutely, super, real pro. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I love hearing that, especially when big stars like um, I hear that like Tom Hanks and people are like that are just so, so down genuine, to earth. So genuine, yeah, I love I, that. I, I love the story. So, oh, I like it yeah. even more now. <laughs> um, and so, sort of, were you around? Were you guys around for a lot of the production? Then, so you were sort of hands on. Yeah, well, well, I directed, and then Chris came out to, to be on the shoot as well. So we gave Chris loads of jobs to do, which is brilliant. We were a tiny crew. Um, yeah, I mean, Chris, you can talk about it a bit. You, you arrived in the middle of us, really. Yeah, I came out for the last two weeks or so, um, and by then the guys had uh, really been at it for a while. Uh, I didn't get to meet Chris Floyd on set because he was only, you know, they got his stuff out of the way first. Oh, okay. Um, but I met him, you know, at, a, Post, at the yeah. screenings and things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was great experience going out on, on the shoot because it was just so scrappy. Everyone was just really pitching in and just giving it their all and helping to make that this this thing come to life after you know six almost seven yeah. years now it's a long, so um long time cooking. it was my first time on set you know it was it was cold it was hard but it was so rewarding nice, seeing yeah. these things come to life sounds um, like a good vibe on set as well that's how it helps it yeah. was yeah and um did anything um sort of not go to plan it's always my favorite thing to ask behind the scenes was there anything um any oh everything didn't go to plan but like there was, there, was, there was funny bits we, we, we were mostly shooting up near the Canadian border in a small mining town and then we had to do five days down in Minneapolis and we'd forgotten we had kind of the freedom of the town up there the town mayor everybody you know if, if we wanted to shut off roads the, the, they, the mayor got the police out first then down in Minneapolis you're back in a big city and we went it started snowing on one day one of our, off, our day off so we went out shooting 
without permits or anything just because you know we had maxi staying the houses and we all just jumped in the van and went out and we got pulled over by the police and asked if we'd permits and everything and mm. it was a really dicey moment because we didn't have anything Absolutely. and in the end I kind of talked around saying look we're only doing some tests for a film that's going to be happening later and all this we all got back <laughs> in the van and we're all just driving off and everybody's really nervous in the van when the same cop car one of those big SUVs pulls up behind us again flashes the lights mm. pulls up and we're like what is it what is it? we're all doomed we're all doomed and we roll down the windows and he goes turn on your lights will you because <laughs> oh <my laughs> it was night and we didn't drive off with the lights like, so that was really scary but it was good fun yeah. everyone's like thank you officer and breathe yeah, out yeah. we'll go on our way <laughs> nothing to see here yeah well, that's it. I mean, especially for like independent movies, or I mean, I've been part of many a production where the right permits haven't been come through yeah. or whatever. So we've all had to sort of just yeah. guerrilla shoot, especially around central London. And yeah. if anyone questions what we're doing, just play along with everyone just well, runs in different directions. Exactly. But you see, the problem here is we're all English and Irish in a like not even just in another country, but like in the <laughs> middle of another country. You know, in the middle of Trump land, basically. And you know, it's all like oh god, because we'd forgotten in our little town where we were shooting, the locals were brilliant. You know. If we wanted like one of the big pickup trucks to have for a ca- camera platform or anything we just go to flamers the local bar and ask you know could we, could we have your, your van he chuck us the keys and off we'd go you know they were really helpful oh, wow. but if you get in a big city it's always a bit different yeah city life versus country country life um, yeah and so the film because um, obviously it's got very dark themes but um is it is it's quite darkly funny Yes, that's what attracted us to the book. It has a kind of uh, a black humour about it, and, mm-hmm. and you know, especially set in the snow in the Midwest, it just brought the Cone Brothers to mind. You know, uh, their, their yeah. sort of sensibility, and I think both, like Chris, you can say it as well, obviously. But I think we both just—I love the idea of, of scares and laughter, and you know, something dark but but funny. So it's not just grim. You know, yeah. that, that's what's the attraction. Something, I think. Yeah. something super dark and depressing. Uh, yeah, I, I like the idea of. I like. I think everyone has got a morbid curiosity themselves. I think. Everyone does love a murder mystery, mm. um, and sort of a who I love a who done it or mm. or that kind of thing. Are you one of those people that when you watch a film with them, you'll tell them who did it at the beginning, and it turns out that you're right every uh, time. I might have been. Yeah, I yeah, think it's that person so. there. Yeah, and it always is. Yeah, told you. I told yeah, you. my wife, my wife and her late mum were terrible for that. You'd be watching something on TV, and they both kind of go, "Mm-hmm," yeah. like this, and yeah, you'd be like, that, well, "What are you the... saying? What's that noise?" And they're like, "Oh, we know who did it. It's that guy there, obviously." Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? You know. <laughs> Yeah, I saw him from the start. <laughs> and so what's on the cards for you two next uh, after the... I mean, obviously, this has been a, a success. Have you got anything else up your sleeve or in the pipeline? Uh, well, for me, it's just writing the next one, hopefully. I'm, I'm Because that took so long to get made, I'm just mm. writing three different projects at the moment, so oh. hedging my bets here a bit, because I can't... I've got kids, I can't be like gallivanting off as my wife calls it my expensive hobby <laughs> so I, I, uh, I'm trying to write something and hopefully make a living you know yeah but, uh, Chris cool. yeah yeah, yeah and, and same for me um, and we've got the, the UK release coming up next week so after that's finished it, it is kind of the end of it for the release and everything so True. mentally yeah. if you like can move on to new new projects and get new things off the ground yeah. I mean it is, it is kind of it's filmmaking is such an amazing exhausting process and then you do kind of you, you make this a dream and then you achieve it and then it does end and then you're like That's and it. then we start again yeah. next one yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I don't um, want it to take seven years for the next yeah. year. oh my goodness yeah. well maybe you could do it again if you could do it again in yeah, shorter time periods yeah. and then you can I, yeah. Yeah. Whi- whip it so wait, a, a friend of mine used, used to always put it back in the old like blockbuster 
you know, video shop days, which is you do all yeah. this work and make a film, and then on a Sunday afternoon, somebody with a hangover wanders in, puts their hand up for your film, and then goes, no, I'll go for that one. And that's what it all ends <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Oh, but no, I'm so excited to see this. I, I went to see a couple of things at the BFI, um, and I saw the kind of showcase on what was on, and I'm a serial killer, actually stood out to me, just my personal preference of film. So, oh, thank you. Thank um, you. I'm really excited. Thank, so, thank you so much for thank your time. You, yeah. And um, we're, we're oh, really chuffed because um, there's 150 posters going up in the tube. I think they're just up today, and Ooh. that's the first time in, in either of our careers that that's ever happened. So Ooh, we've got exciting. real, actual physical posters up around London, which is brilliant. You know, posters. that's so exciting. I love a good post. Posters and trailers. I get so excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love a good tube poster because you just see them everywhere. You and it do. Sticks exactly. In your yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's what I'm thrilled about. Like, I'm going to get the camera out now and get some photographs. You know, <laughs> get some like, selfies next to yeah. the post. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Cheers, thanks, thanks for coming. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much. Brilliant. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Bye. I hope there's a sequel called Maybe I'm a Serial Killer. And then, and then an after. All right, I am right, a killer. I definitely am a serial killer. I was a serial killer. The you could go on forever. You could like just me. you could have like ultimate. There's a series and series and series. That's brilliant. I'd watch them all. You're listening to the best of Johanna James and Noel Clark on Fubar Radio. Right, we've got our first guest on the Ooh. show. Thank you so much. We've got Maud Hurst in the studio. Thank Hello, you for joining guys. us. Oh, we've got to put your mic up. There we go. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hello, I'm here. How are you doing? Are we I'm good? really good. How are you guys? Very good. I'm good. Yeah. It's marvellous. I love I love doing a show on a Friday afternoon because you're just pumped. Yeah, the you weekend, are. The weekend is about to begin. And it's nearly Christmas. Oh it's nearly God. Christmas. December Fridays are the best Fridays. Yeah, they, they are. are. Out of all my Fridays. Advent. Advent Fridays. Advent Fridays. Right, so Maud, um, for all our listeners, just to explain who you are and what you do, you're an actress and you are on The Vikings. I the, am. The TV show, which is quite exciting. Mm-hmm. I love that time period in history, so that's my favourite. I should have listened more in history, but I do actually like The Vikings era. <laughs> <laughs> my brain was all over the place in school. The What we read in the history books is really quite different from the show. So even if you had read oh, up on okay. it, you, you know, you can still learn something else by watching it. Thank you very much. And how did you get involved with The Vikings? How did you get... So just... it's been like, oh God, like four and a half years, I think, since I auditioned. And oh, I'd just wow. been travelling around Thailand and I came back to London terrified that I wasn't working. And I was like, ah... And my agent was like, got this really cool uh, show, do you want to audition? And I was like, sure, great. So I went in, met the director, and it was a really last-minute casting. And I think within, like, three or four weeks, I was told, and then flew to Ireland and started filming. That is scary, the actor's fear, I call it. You know, you don't know what... Like, after university, for me, I just want to go and act. And you get this fear where you just don't know yeah. audition-wise or yeah. work-wise. Yeah, that's... And I hate it, the first time you get to set, normally the first thing people go, hi, so what are you doing next? And you're like, I'm just <laughs> really excited about this job, you actually. You focus your mind on the day. Oh, you know. <laughs> day to day. That's, that's so cool. true. And, well, OK, I've got something to admit. Um, I've never been on a... Oh, actually, no, I'm lying. I have <laughs> been on a Viking-themed TV show. Um, but... When I was a teenager, I used to do something really, really, really geeky, and I used to do medieval reenactment. Did you now? <laughs> it's like, oh, you're weird. Don't laugh at me, Joe. I was Joe. laughing at a joke I've written down for later. Okay, it's like... How about you? <laughs> Being medieval. No, I, honestly, I used to be such a geek. I used to spend a lot, majority of my weekends going all over the country, and we'd put on this show. You know, you go to castles or historical yeah. fairs or whatever. I didn't know this existed. Yes. It? And you do like, so, like, for example, in Nottingham every year, they've got the Robin Hood Festival, mm. and then hundreds and hundreds of medieval reenactors yeah, go. I've heard of these. Yeah. And I played Maid Marian in the. In the oh, well <laughs> done. <you>? Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> it was the role of my career. Um, but we did, but my uh, medieval reenactors, they, they specialised in Viking up to Robin Hood. So I spent most of my teenage years running around being a fair maiden. So you're a fellow Viking. Fellow Viking. Hey. Yeah. Were you a, did we were a fighter. 
Um, I was, yeah, yeah. I learned to use a broadsword. I wish I was. Helga was not. She's a lover, not a fighter. Oh, they don't oh, really fight. I don't fight. I don't ride horseback. No. But, Missed all the fun things, but I didn't get muddy. But then, oh, right. Viking women uh, were actually quite independent. If you look at women in history, yeah. as opposed to, yeah, so in the last yeah. sort of thousand years or whatever, um, they had this, like, they could, you could uh, divorce the men, which right. was like a power to a Viking woman. She oh, could okay. go, like, if, if, a, if a, your Viking man got home and drunk and was like, whatever, you could be like, that's <laughs> it, I divorced you, fuck it. My Viking man is home. <laughs> yeah, they were really progressive, weren't that's they? Right. It was, yeah, it was crazy. And I think they regressed a lot in different other parts of history. But Vikings, yeah, they, the women were fierce. And some of them were actual like warriors. The pagan, the, yeah, the pagan yeah. women were like, Whoa. and they had um, these huge um, ladles. It was like completely legal to beat your husband up with, with a ladle. ladle? Yeah, with a big, big iron ladle. Yeah, you could. So you didn't want to be late. You would not want to piss off your woman. Don't want to be late in the ladled. We should have reacted <laughs> that today. We should have re- done a reenactment. We should have done that. We should have. So, what was your favourite part about playing? your character in the Vikings? I think working with Gustav, who plays Floki, my husband, in the show, he's amazing. And uh, so it was kind of like a masterclass every day being on set. He's acted since he was about five. Mm. So his whole life has been immersed. And he, um, so that was brilliant. But also just being on the sets, it's so epic in the middle of uh, Wicklow Mountains yeah, in Ireland. Yeah, that must be so cool. It was amazing. And like, on my wedding day, I think it's probably my favourite scene that I filmed, but they hadn't told us how we were going to get married. And we turned up in this lake and they'd built a boat of flowers and they were like so you're just going to enter in on this I was like what oh, that's well, that, beautiful that's so it's great but it kind of stuffs up your real life wedding because you're like oh, <laughs> yeah. I never got the boat uh, and the flowers never going to beat that it looked really pretty on TV yeah yeah that's super cool. And so do you get, because obviously you've, your face has been out and about, because you were in the Tudors as well, weren't you? Mm-hmm. I love that TV show. Anything historical with a corset and a bit of sex, I'm like, I'm in there. I'm <laughs> you've got your sword and you're ready to watch. Right? I'm ready at home, just ready. Um, and then, so you've, your face has been out and about quite a lot. Do you get recognised around or...? I look really different to Helga. They they um, completely got rid of my eyebrows, and so it changes your face a lot. Why did I wouldn't they take your eyebrows say, off? That was I so think weird. they were kind of going Scandinavian, it's a everyone thing. really blonde. <laughs> yeah, they wanted to give it a, like a look, the show to right. kind of have a different feel and to kind of make it. Dark eyebrows are in right now, so they wanted to make it completely different, I guess. Uh, but it's not a good look, and I really would never try it. <laughs> Eyebrowless. If, yeah, it's not you'd, good. You know, you'd look like a weird, like an egg, wouldn't you? Literally like an bit. egg. Yeah, one of my friends is like, "You look like an alien. I can't see if you're angry, like happy, heads. sad." Yeah, but a sexy alien. You're a sexy alien. Thanks. Thank you. Um, but so yeah, in the group when all the Vikings are together, we do get recognised, but very rarely in London do I do I get it, which is a which is a nice thing actually. Yeah, you can go incognito yeah. to wherever you want to go. I know, drunken nights out. Um, are good. <laughs> Nobody knows. Until someone covers your eyebrows up. It's yeah. you! <laughs> there you are! <laughs> and what was your favourite... Did you have, like, a favourite kind of... Because I love hearing about behind the scenes and background to you know, oh, access yeah. all areas stuff. Like stuff. So what, what was your sort of favourite thing that happened behind the scenes? Um, Travis, who plays the lead guy, Ragnar, he is, like, a complete joker all the time. He doesn't... He's always misbehaving. And one day, one of the other uh, actors used to drive himself to set every day and he parked his car and Travis just went missing for ages. No one knew where he was. And eventually, at the end of the day, we realised what he'd done. We got opened Bob's car and about 50 chickens just jumped out and he'd, what? like, filled... Yeah, his whole car was just covered in chicken poo and he just filled this whole car. Yeah. That's, that was Travis. That's a, no, that's a, that's a different level. Half, that's a different <laughs> level. Right? Oh, you know, it just... Sometimes he reads someone else's lines. I'm a bit of a laugh. No, he fills a car with chicken and chicken poo. Yeah. That's a, that's like a pretty medieval joke, isn't it? It's like, I'll get ye chickens, <laughs> put ye chickens in ye cart. And it's also <laughs> educational. There you go. Like, oh, lovely, prank me again. Thanks, yeah. 
Wow. Does anything ever go wrong? Like, I love it as well with, like, bloopers and... Yeah, for me, the thing that always goes wrong is I get the giggles. I can't, and once it, you go, and you that's really the can't worst go. Thing and on set. Giggles it, on set. In yeah. a death scene. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. That, yeah, somebody, one of the other actors that died, everyone was really emotional oh, no. on the day that they died, and he was supposed to be dead, and he couldn't just stop crying. He was like actually oh, so weeping bad. while he was. I was There's like, you can't. You can do. Yeah, you can't cry while you're a corpse. It's not yeah. not desirable. That, um, but yeah, lots of things go wrong because it's so huge. They in the battle sequences, there's normally like three or four hundred extras. Uh, so things are definitely going to go wrong when people are like flying around with weapons and and stuff. Yeah. There was lots of injuries and people falling off horses. Yeah, oh, medic. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> some of the extras are probably medics just ready, close. Yeah, ready to go. Medic slash extra. Mm. They're just like multifunctional on <laughs> set no now. Eyebrows. It's a Viking thing. <laughs> I've been no te- I have been tempted to bleach my. You remember that? Um, Don't. What were you just about to say? <laughs> I've been tempted to bleach my eyebrows. I have because I saw that uh, dragon tattoo film. The girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh, yeah. And uh, Rooney that. Mara had no eyebrows, and I was like, she's the sexiest thing ever. But then I realised that I would not look like Rooney Mara. I no, just that's eyebrows. With no. No eyebrows. I just don't recommend doing it. It's just not good. It's not good for the ego. So did you have, did you have to dye them back again? <laughs> yes, straight away. In fact, it, like even sometimes after the end of the day, I just say to my makeup artist, like, please just draw them on for tonight. Can't go home to the mirror. I can't do it. I just want to sleep in my own eyebrows. I don't understand when girls dye their hair, but dyeing your eyebrows, is that the same? Some people, yeah. dye, some people dye their pubes. Okay, okay. Anyway, back to the eyebrows. <laughs> they do. Do they, they fall off? They dye everything. No. no, and they grow really quickly. Who knew? Really? Yeah, eyebrows grow like my. I, I was talking like about pubes. I'm not talking about pubes anymore. I was like, my pubes <laughs> do grow really quickly. Yeah. Oh, TMI. You're listening to the best of Johanna James and Noel Clark on Fubar Radio. Welcome back, Clarky and James. Yeah, dude. Right, we sound like we could rob a bank. Come on, Clarky and James. No, we sound like Sharky and George. Do you remember that cartoon, Sharky and George? Uh, no. Was no. It before, we went, before your time, was it? Before I was born. Well, we've got our first guest in the Woo! studio. Welcome to Camille Gatin, who is Camille the... Gatin. Gatin. <laughs> uh, who is the producer on the movie The Girl With All The Gifts. Fantastic. Which we, we did review uh, a couple months back. Because um, I, I went to see the screening that was in Leicester Square. I had a shock of my life because normally you go to like sort of press screenings or whatnot and I was sitting on the front row and then suddenly like Gemma Artisan came out and then Glenn Close and I was just like my mouth just dropped like oh my god they're only, they're only people you know I know but you know, when you look, I really look up to like Glenn Close and people that I'm looking at them yeah, Glenn Close is wonderful yeah and so I was just like I, was, I wasn't prepared that's alright I don't fangirl over many people but I was just like I had a shock yeah she's devil wears proud of me like Quality. Yeah. Um, oh no, that's Meryl Streep. I'm yeah. all confused now. I wasn't going to correct you, but getting close is um, Cruella Deville. Cruella Deville. Yeah, she's also the man pirate that goes in the boo boo box in Hook with beard. Right. Okay. That- I, you're getting a bit obscure. Let's get to. <laughs> let's get welcome, to the girl Camille, with all welcome. the gifts. The girl with all the gifts. Um, so, for anyone who doesn't know what that film is or hasn't yet had the chance to see it, do you want to give us a brief? Yeah, I'm not going to say too much because I think if you've not seen it, it's better to go in cold mm-hmm. and, and not have any expectations. It's just a messed up school with little kids who live in prison cells and every morning soldiers come and at gunpoint make them sit in wheelchairs and they're strapped really securely and rolled into class. They're in a bunker and the kids don't seem to have a problem with that. Emma Gemma Arterton is their teacher and they love her and they love going to class, but they're just treated like little monsters. And it's set in a um, dystopian, dystopian future, future, which is my favourite genre of film. I love it. <laughs> so messed up. Or as we know it, the West Midlands. Yeah, <laughs> in two years' time. Um, so 
I have a question for you because I recently sat with some amazing publishers and they gave me the book of the film um, and said we should read this it's wonderful and the film's out and I was like oh yeah yeah so t tell me how that all happened was that uh, I'm understanding that actually there was a film before there was a book there was um, so Mike Carey's been writing Sandman Lucifer X-Men like for 30 years mm -hmm. he's an amazing comic book writer That's so right. I met with him for a general meeting and at the end of the meeting it was like oh, look I've just written this short story do you mind taking a look and it's the first five minutes <gasps> of our film amazing and I knew Colin McCarthy the director really wanted to do a whole film in derelict location he's mm. got this obsession with dereliction mm -hmm. porn as we like to call it right so have i so i sent him the short story i was like look i think we can do something with this so th the three of us storylined the film together and uh mike wrote the scripts and we had a bit of a break at some point and mike was like oh i've just written the novel based on the script so colin and i've never read the book do you guys own the book then well i got i got i had to have the rights for the film but yeah. i was like I've never signed an option for a book before that I've never read. Right, right. <laughs> and, um, and obviously the book came out early uh, before the film, but we got really lucky. Just Whedon was in the UK doing Age of Ultron, and he's a massive Mike Carey comic book fan. Uh, yeah. So he actually bought the book because wow. as you know Joss Whedon would have nothing better to do than go to Waterstones know, during right? prep yeah. on Age of Ultron and read a whole book and read a whole book yeah. and then tweet about it and he tweeted about it with the cover of the book going this is the best thing I've read Fantastic. in ages and that helped with financing I'm sure it did <laughs> yeah that's amazing that's amazing so it's great so tell me about the uh, process of working with, with children. They always say, don't work. I, I'm, you have to pretend right now that I'm not the movie director and actor and blah, 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 <laughs> and I'm just a radio host. So avoid animals. Yes. We had that. Avoid children. You had that. We had that. Uh, avoid asbestos. We had that. <laughs> yeah, I think you should actually avoid asbestos, though. Definitely. That's, that's one that can seriously damage your health, whereas the other two just can be annoyances. Look, our main character's a 10-year-old girl, <laughs> and she's in every scene. She, so yeah, she is in every single every scene. You follow everything through her. What and was I, the casting process? Uh, we saw 3,000 tapes. We met 500 girls, and it sounds nuts, but she's the very last girl we met. The wow. very, oh, very last one. And I wasn't with Colm. She's from Nottingham, from the TV workshop. Mm. And um, I was down in London closing financing. We were doing chemistry reads with Gemma and five other girls on the Monday. Mm -hmm. And it's Friday afternoon at five and Colm's going via Nottingham because he's like, just want to make sure we don't leave any stone on turn. Yeah. And I remember him calling me and going, there's one it. more. And she came in on the Monday to read with Gemma and he was like, yeah, it's her. Wow. That's that amazing. Sometimes the way, isn't it, that it's the last one that you meet. Or, or sometimes the very the first, first one. Well, interestingly, the first one, the very first one we met was the other was amazing the, uh, one. Yeah, yeah, wow. Wow, yeah. like a bookend. A bookend <laughs> yeah. of girls. And um, was there any, um, uh, was it quite an open casting? Like, did you see, or was she always going to be? <coughs> um, it, was, um, it was a bit unusual in that, basically, and, and Noel will understand that, is when you put a casting call out, especially for kids, you get the upper middle class girls first from the really yeah. motivated momager driven schools yes and that's fine but that's not at all the vibe we were going for um so we actually had a scout that went around the uk and met a lot of normal girls from normal schools mm -hmm. and that was really important to us because obviously this is a dystopian world where there is no class you know there's just a few human beings left around and so there isn't like posh or not posh these mm. kids 
I'm, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but these kids have not been raised by normal grown-ups in a normal society. Yeah. So they had to be sort of blank canvases, and mm. they just had to be yeah. emotionally so, really raw. So what you're saying, which is a good thing as well, is that actually it was a non-specific in terms of in terms of race or, or, exactly. or class or anything like that, which is, is, is great to know, you know, and, it, and hopefully, like you listeners out there that kind of are, are wanting to be actors, you know, it, it does happen a lot more now that roles are non-specific. Mm-hmm. It's really important. And we made an effort with that. We asked my Carrie to remove any description of age or colour for all of the characters. Yeah. So that for our casting director, it was completely open. So there's only eight characters, but half my cast is female and half my cast is black. Yeah. And that was a conscious, you know, decision by Colm and myself when yeah. we started the yeah. process. Yeah, yeah. awesome. The That's cast great. as a whole were really, really good. But the the little girl absolutely kind of totally carried the film. She's amazing. She's really good. Um, yeah, I don't, again, I don't want to give too much away because once once it, it twists, the, the twist comes quite quickly in the movie. I can see why the opening would have been a short in itself and how it's like extended to, you know, that's, yeah, so um, you're not waiting until the very very end to get any kind of huge 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 twist. It's and when are you uh, when are you when are you released on uh, on uh, home entertainment? Eighteenth uh, of January. Boom! Oh, just after Crimbo. Just after Christmas. So when you're out in your in your sales, guys, the girl with all the gifts will be out. Make sure you all grab it. And one thing that I really love because uh, dystopian future. Um, sometimes they can go really CGI and CGI just doesn't really cut the mustard for me I, f- I find <laughs> that it like when you when whole things are CGI it just ruins it and I remember I was doing some like research on this film when I was going to talk about it and like you said about the, the real locations that were um, abandoned so all of it was it felt so real so it was in the future but it was like real hospitals that were abandoned yeah. real shops real real locations so Dudley Stoke-on-Trent oh man glamorous Cannock Chase and Chernobyl we went to Chernobyl <gasps> did you actually go yeah to a I guess near area no in Pripyat so the actual city yeah. next to the which was completely yeah. abandoned we needed it to look completely overgrown yeah. and derelict yeah and so we went there with a drone and so all the big London cityscapes Obviously, we added all the St. Paul's and, you know, yeah. London skyline, but Absolutely. everything is totally real and it's all Chernobyl. And were you, you, I guess you were, I guess, near the radi- uh, radiation then. So you get a little Geiger thing around your neck you, yeah. and then when it goes, Whoa! you know, you're you too walk near. away. Yeah. <laughs> um, and let me understand. So you were nominated and won Yay. and won a British Independent Film Award. The first of its kind. They recognise that being a first-time film producer is hard. Yes. So it was a new category this year. It's called Breakthrough well Producer. Done. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. That's that's great stuff. And um, was that a, was that an exciting night for you or? Well, you get free champagne if you win. <laughs> so I got pissed with Jennifer Saunders, which was great. sort of really fun. Were you great. tapping her up for the next movie potentially? <laughs> No, just I was just getting drunk with it. Yeah, it's never fun. And yeah. um, have you where have you put your little stat? Where have you put your little award? Uh, like up on the up shelf. on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. It's just on the shelf. And how did you get Glenn Close involved? Because I get asked that a lot. Yeah. How did we get Glenn Close? Involved? How did you get the we, cast? We asked. Yeah. We just sent it to her, and it's just serendipity always. And she'd literally had a chat with her agent two days before that, going, "I really want to do something different. I always get offered." like the angry ex-wife or the cruel grandmother. I just want to do something different. 
And he called her and he was like, look, I just got this British indie zombie film. Yeah. And she read it and she loved it. Great. And she just got on Skype with our director within 48 hours and she just said yes on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, she's Sometimes it happens, man. I think that, and that's the key, you know, people don't always ask because they think like the Americans are unobtainable mm. and actually they're not, you know, and mm. a lot of them are wanting to do different things. So... Good, Glenn wanted to come you. to Stoke-on-Trent badly. <laughs> Who doesn't want to go to Stoke-on-Trent now? I want to go now. Should we just go now? Let's uh, all right, just go, go now. All right, off air. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what's next for you? You got anything you can speak about? Uh, yeah, Mike Carey, the writer. This time we've read the book. His <laughs> next book, Fell Side, which came out in April, I think, where yeah. it's a ghost story set in a women's prison. Fantastic. So mm. we're doing that as a trio again, Colin, Mike, and myself. Fantastic. So I'm expecting a role in that one. I know it's a ghost story in a women's prison, but I'm pretty diverse. You can. I can play a woman. You wear a corset, fine. <laughs> the the ghost is a ten-year-old boy. I I'm sure we that. can CGI you. I somehow. can do that too. Don't worry about that. <laughs> and is that uh, a period piece or is that um, a modern piece? No, it's a modern piece. Fantastic. Modern. I'm assuming the ghost might be a bit periody. If he's young, if he's ten, he might have died. 100 years ago let's not give it Back away in the day. Oh, well that sounds brilliant that nice sounds brilliant you're listening to the best of Johanna James and Noel Clark on Fubar Radio right we've got our next guest on the line so our thank you so much guest. Hayden right, thanks take Hayden take care so now. our next guest who's waiting on the line we will hope that uh, it will pick p- all the way from America from America it's Brian Tyree Henry who is, plays Paperboy on the new show FX show Atlanta, Atlanta. so let's see if uh, this works I'm loving through. it uh, Brian are you there I am. Can you hear me? Oh, I yes. can. Perfectly. Thank you. How are you doing, sir? Welcome to the show. Thank you well, so I'm much. I'm doing all right. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. No problem at all. So, yeah, we were just uh, telling the to all the listeners that you play Paperboy on the new show Atlanta. Because we're on, yeah, uh, we're on episode boy. three over here in England. Oh, good, man. You guys got a lot to catch up on. Yeah. yeah. I, we can't wait. We can't wait. That's good. That's great. How are you liking it so far? Yeah, loving it. I'm loving it. Like I'm loving it. Like I, for me, sitting down watching uh, watching a show. You know, you didn't know, really know what to expect because obviously, I, I, I mean, you, I don't know if you know, I create as well and I write and I direct and make movies and stuff like that. And you know, it's always uh, when someone's doing it uh, abroad that you admire, you kind of want, you know, I hope this is going to be good. I hope this is going to be good, and it, it, it's so good. And you guys are doing such a great job. How, how is it? How is it being received over over in America? Oh, I, it's received unlike anything I've ever seen before, honestly. I mean, the fans and the people, they want this, you know. They really crave it, and we're happy that everyone has received it. But, yeah, uh, yeah. And for anyone who um, who hasn't picked up on the show yet over here, uh, just explain, if you could explain a little bit about your character, Paperboy, who's one of the rappers. Yeah, well, Paperboy uh, is really known as Alfred, and I play the cousin to Earn, who is played by Donald Glover. Mm-hmm. And uh, my cousin is a little down and out. He drops out of college and moves back to Atlanta, where we're from, and he hears that I'm an underground rap sensation and decides that he wants to become my manager. And hilarity and all kinds of craziness ensue with us trying to get fame, notoriety, <laughs> and paper, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so, so yeah, it's just about it's just about us and trying to make it. You know? So so the track, the main track, is that one of because uh, obviously Donald is also the, the rapper himself, uh, uh, Childish Gambino. Uh, was that that That's track right. one of his tracks, or was that specifically made for the show by you and Donald? 
Uh, that track was specifically made for the show, and actually, that's not me rapping in the song. That's his brother, Stephen Glover, who's rapping. Uh, uh, okay. I just try to. T- I just. I'm trying to be as cool as them. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> yeah. like, I fake it till I make it. You yeah, know? yeah. So yeah, but they produced it and arranged it and everything. Yeah. And, um, so came out kind of fire, I think. You know, it's great. So listen, speaking of uh, uh, trying to be as cool as Mr. Glover, so. I, I I I have a love hate relationship with Donald Glover. I have a love hate relationship. Oh, no. So I, well, I've oh, n- I've God. never what met no nothing. I've never met Donald, and he's a, I consider him a genius. I consider him a genius. So my love hate relationship mm-hmm. is this: you know, I act and I write and I direct and I make movies and stuff like that. So when I my love with Donald is when I see him doing this stuff as well, I go, this guy is brilliant, and I like I love Donald Glover and everything. And then I go in for auditions and stuff like that, and then two months later I see the job's gone to Donald Glover, and I'm like, this mother. If I ever see this guy, if I ever see this guy, I'm gonna wring his neck. And then I come home and Atlanta's on. I'm like, this show's so great. And then I go for another audition. He get. What is it like working with the genius that is Donald Glover? Essentially, is the question. <laughs> it's, I was like that. That okay? I can go into that. Uh, <laughs> um, he's great, man. Like he's like instantly when I when I auditioned for it, he was in the room and it was like sitting next to a buddy that I've known for years. You yeah. know what I mean? We played and we ad-libbed and we joked around and, and um, it was just instant, man. And uh, he is a genius. I think that's the best word to describe them. You yeah. know, he's really, really uh, aware of what's going on in the world and how to relate to people in the mm-hmm. world. And he's done really well assembling this team of just coming together and telling the story of these people in the town. Uh, and it, he's just great, man. Like, he's really like a brother to me. No, oh, great. So, great. Well, I, I hope that that changes your bipolar love affair. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's all lo- it's all love, man. I I genuinely think he's amazing because you know over here, like I said, I do the same sort of thing. So I you know I get it and I see how hard he's working and stuff. It's just I want to get some of them damn roles too. That's all I'm saying, you know. Hey, man, <laughs> we got a second season, man. That's wrong for everybody. We got a second <laughs> yeah. season. You know? Yeah, great, great. And Brian, how did you get involved with the show initially? Were you just was it like full audition process or? Well, it started because I bribed everyone in the city. Uh, if I know, you know, I, my manager uh, saw the project called, called Atlanta. I went to college in Atlanta, and mm-hmm. college, and she was like, you know, I really feel like this show is something that'll really fit you. And I opened it, and I read the first five pages, and I saw Alfred, and I was like, done. This is it. Yeah, got to be it. Like right. I got to do this. So i you know, it kind of just came to me, and, and um. I went for it, man. I was like, I gotta, if I'm going to be in a show called Atlanta with Donald Glover, I got to kick his ass. Kick his yeah. ass. You know, yeah. I got to do this. Great. And uh, I'm glad it worked out that way. Mm. No, it was awesome. And you, so you originated also, you were the general, right, in the Book of Mormon, like when it first started, right? General, general, but fucking naked, Oh man. my That's God, me. I've seen that yeah, show dude. four times. This is the original, this is the original oh, yeah. guy. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I did it on Broadway. Yeah, amazing, amazing. I love that role. It's a bit of a. It, that's a, a scene stealing role to have. I don't think oh, anyone. I, yeah. I never saw you win it, but I'm sure nobody does it as good as you, bro. I'm sure. Oh come on, you guys! <laughs> man. Who's on the payroll, man? The payroll. <laughs> I love it. Uh, thank you. That means a lot. Thanks a lot. That was a great time for me to work with Trey Parker and Matt Stone was like destiny fulfilled. I, I watched South Park since I was like in the ninth grade. Yeah. yeah. And I and to be in a, and to be in a room with these two guys who were so smart and so funny and so political and so they're genius. They yeah, are. Yeah. yeah. They're geniuses as well. I think you you, know, you, you are. But maybe genius inspires genius, you know. So you must be, uh, you must be kind of g- genius as well for these guys to be gravitating t- towards you and vice versa, because that's kind of how the world works, energies and stuff, you know. So 
You know, you're obviously Yo, doing I'm the right thing. I'm in love with you guys. <laughs> I'm in love with you guys right now. Like, this love affair is amazing. Yeah, man, I'm going to give you a little tweet later. Yeah. I'm going to tweet you later on. I'm going to tweet you later on and say what's okay. up. And uh, just do it, man. I will. <laughs> just to close, Brian. Um, what what have you got in the future? Obviously, a second series coming up. Are there any other projects? Anything that you want to shout out or excited about? Yeah, changing the world. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, That's yeah. It. Like I really want to focus on changing the world, man. Yeah. We've got a lot going on and a oh, lot yeah. to think about, and a lot of things that we have to do to bring each other together. So I'm going to go out there and I'm going to change this damn Good. world. Yeah, one person at a time. Yeah, just quickly. So I, I, I think uh, shows, how relevant do you think shows like Atlanta are, you know, in the current uh, state that the, the America, uh, Americas are in with your new president and stuff it, like that? It's so necessary. It's yeah. so necessary. You know, we started the show, we didn't want to feel like the show was important. We didn't want to make the show on this pedestal and hold it up to this thing to say that we're speaking this, um, we're trying to say this thing, we're trying to preach this thing. We just wanted to tell the stories of these people. Yeah. But then, and in itself, uh, uh, the self became... Um, thing it became important yeah we all needed to hear these mm-hmm. stories and we all need to see different sides of life and i think that atlanta does that and yeah. we're not gonna stop man we no don't man because we're loving it we're loving it now. we're loving it in the uk good, brother good we got you don't thank you, you so much you, and uh, we might be shooting a movie no, in atlanta you, we might be shooting a movie in atlanta in uh in uh february so i'm i'm gonna come check you well you better call me dude no <laughs> well bro i'm gonna insta you or tweet you later on and then i'm gonna hit you up if we're coming but i think we are I think a bromance has started Fantastic. over the, over the phone. This is, this oh, is, man. This is beautiful yeah. to watch. In fact, we might be doing a recce in a few weeks. I might holler you then. Hey, man. I may get your name tattooed on my neck. You know, <laughs> man. I'm, in, I'm bad in love with you. Oh, it's thanks, brother. Good. Get on Twitter. Get on Twitter. All right. <laughs> well, I thank- know. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. All right. Yeah. I'll insta you or something. All right, brother. Well, thank you so much, thanks Brian. So much. Thank you. And make sure everyone... Uh, All right, you guys. Uh, Atlanta continues on Saturday nights from 10pm on Boom. Fox UK we thank you very it. much Brian Boom, over we and love out. Brian thanks man right. page boy alright <laughs> page boy yeah. you're listening to the best of Johanna James and Noel Clark on Fubar Radio hi guys Johanna James Fubar Radio I'm here with Justin Kelly hello how are you <laughs> um, and we're here to talk about mainly your brand new film King Cobra yes premiered last night and we have one more screening today uh, and I think it's the last one. So if people missed it, then they'll have to wait till it comes out. <laughs> yeah, and it comes out end of October. Is yeah, it? October twenty first okay. in um you know in theater in select theaters in VOD etc in the states. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know our exact release date for Europe yet. Oh, okay, it'll be okay. soon. So I'm pretty sure. Wait. Yeah. And so people who people don't know what King Cobra is about, it's based on a true story. I'll let you. Yes. Yeah. It's based on a very wild true story about a, a young aspiring gay porn star who becomes so popular and in demand that a producer of his is murdered over his contract. And that was totally yes, true. Totally and true. Did you just hear about that story and think, oh my God, I need to make a movie? Or was it, what was the process in? I read about it and I just, it's such a such a crazy story that of course you, you know your first thought is how did this happen and why mm. uh, and the more i read about it and learned about the characters the more fascinating the entire story became and i just felt like it would make a really interesting unique cool movie yeah uh and you know there aren't a lot of movies out there about gay porn so i figured no there isn't not like mainstream why not give it a go yeah, yeah. and i think um <laughs> maybe even though it wasn't porn but i think like magic mike and films like that have kind of opened up maybe more of that sex industry mm-hmm. into being in mainstream film which is good well it's great for everybody Pe- yeah. <laughs> sex sells right so. yeah exactly. <laughs> and you've got some fabulous people who are cast in the movie um like molly ringwald has come mm-hmm. out of 
come back. She's coming back, which is a, it was an odd choice for her, I think, like considering her like bubblegum history mm-hmm. for her role. So I was really excited to see Molly. Um, and awesome. uh, James Franco, you've got Garrett, it was Garrett Clayton. Garrett Clayton. Who, who plays your, your lead. I mean, he's a lead. He and, comes from a Disney Channel past. And so, you know, it's his wild uh, crossover grown up role. Yeah. <laughs> and he's absolutely gorgeous as well. Yeah. And was he, is he gay straight or was, was he playing or? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Okay. Okay. I, he he's playing gay. Okay. And uh, he um, kind of just, just, I was like trying to find someone who had that sort of split appeal of being able to ha- have the kind of young boyish yeah. sort of look. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, be able to pull off that kind of confident porn star vibe. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I saw the, if you want to check out the trailers, guys, I went onto Google and you can find the trailer for King Cobra. And um, the little snippets that I got to see uh, was super realistic. I really felt like it was this boy, young guy, you know, being asked to take off his clothes for his first ever porn. And oh yeah, very yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he you know plays a super uh, seemingly kind of naive kid from San Diego who's trying to make something of his life and get out of his mother's apartment and make mm. some money and does it by going to some guy's basement in Pennsylvania and making porn. Making porn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and is it set is it set modern day or is it because it was a true story? Is it set back in the time of Yeah, it's period, but you know, pretty recent period. It was early to mid two thousands. Okay. Um, okay. You know, so not that long ago, but it was <clears throat> long enough ago to where we still had to be particular with costumes and set dressing yeah. and you know old websites and computers and cameras and it was really fun for me because you know yeah. early 2000s are fun you get to go back and, yeah, yeah it's like retro like because jeans and oh yeah all of the what was what was it really digital camcorders yeah like f- <laughs> flip phones and things like that yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all the yeah like, garrett's character has a flip phone for sure amazing uh yes yeah, so like long enough to where you know we we'd pay attention to that but uh, it made it really fun actually to make and and there's a because even the porn industry has changed in the last ten years then because uh, so much is just all about like internet 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 but back in the day there was a lot of money in porn movies so I can understand maybe the murder like the reason for murder and the, yeah it's a big business yeah I mean a big part of the story you know it's to the Joe and Harlow played by Joe is a uh, James Franco Harlow is Keegan Allen mm-hmm. and they are these two wild. Uh, you know, they start off as kind of gay escorts. So that's the company they run. And right. then they move into porn to make more money and become obsessed with Brent Corrigan, Garrett Clayton's character. And it was all true. They really thought uh, they were, they, they made a lot of money, but then they fell into really heavy debt, you right. know, yeah. so American. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they've really believed that making a video with this star Brent Corrigan would make them millions. Yeah. They truly, they became obsessed with it to the point to where it led to a murder because the only way to kind of get Brent free from this contract was to off the producer who who, mm. who who sort of like held the contract, which is crazy to, to even think that you would do that in the first place, let alone uh, yeah. get away with it. Uh, you know, I mean, they, unhinged. yeah, yeah but unhinged. Though. And casting wise, did you, um, did you approach people for roles or did you have lots of auditions? How was like the pretend porn audition process? <laughs> <laughs> well, James Franco was attached before I wrote the script because he's a producer on it. And okay. he really, um, you know, without him, the film never would have happened. He was, he, it's the same with my first film, I Am Michael. Mm-hmm. He um, was very like instrumental in, in getting it off the ground and helping you know get it made and financed and everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so he, he was attached from day one. And of course, that helped get other people involved. Uh, and the next was the Steven character. And I knew that James worked with Christian Slater on this film called Adderall Diaries. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just was, I'm such a Slater fan. I grew up with the Heathers and True Romance and yeah. he's just so fucking cool. Oh, wait, I can't cuss. Yeah, you can swear. You can swear. It's foobah. It's fine. He's so cool. <laughs> Uh, and but you know he had he's never played gay and it's a pretty wild role for first time gay character yeah you know he's a gay pornographer into very young boys so I was I didn't know if he'd be interested at all but he read the script and we had dinner and talked about it and he signed on really like quickly yeah. but yeah, I think just sort of, you know not that he was so excited uh, in that sense I think just thought you know he I can only imagine the scripts that these actors get plenty of great scripts but this one it did stand out because mm. it's really it's a really wild story and i think he just got excited at the idea of doing something different and so this is uh is this your second sort of second major feature. feature and how did you go right i want to i want to direct this is what i want did you want to act oh, so i've always or? wanted in you know, my whole life i've always wanted to be a filmmaker okay yeah, yeah. i always wanted to direct yeah i don't know why i just i don't know went to movies with my dad all the time yeah. and um it's just been my obsession and so i wanted to fight to the death to become a director and, and it's you're doing it you're in long road to get here but it was it paid off and it was worth it <laughs> and so what's next what would be your now that you've done sort of two substantial films what would be the next project or can you- it's kind of i actually already shot my third film okay, which done, is boom. nuts <laughs> okay yeah it was really cool. we shot cobra um actually we shot cobra exactly a year ago wow quick turnaround it was a very quick turnaround from script to the the entire process was was so fast it almost feels i'm very lucky yeah and then um this past summer so you know like cobra is completely done post wise we premiered at tribeca in april uh Uh, and then because of the response from the festival uh i was able to get a third film off the ground that we shot that summer so just a couple months ago and it's a complete departure it's uh kind of a family drama it's not gay it's not a true story okay Uh, i wanted to you know mix it up yeah because people might be a little bit like oh okay so you do the 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 gay true stories and be like no no boom i don't want to be put in a corner try this yeah (laughs) (laughs) try a family drama with a weird supernatural kind of backstory it's great amazing and what would be um the future 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 goals then where would you like to sort of what would be the real i've made it moment uh good question i mean i i'm always kind of drawn towards sort of scandalous or controversial or Mm -hmm. you know weird stories but i definitely want to you know to to make one that would be a bit more accessible like a bit more mainstream uh which you know i feel like is on the horizon so yeah there's not a particular story or genre or anything just you know if i can continue to make cool stories that are unique and different but that are also you know accessible which oddly enough this one i think will be even though it's about gay porn but just it's it's a bit um you know it's a really entertaining movie and funny at times in a way you wouldn't expect so uh so yeah i don't know just keep making cool well thank you all (laughs) the best of luck um yes well you're absolutely killing it right now so just keep running keep running keep running great thank Thank you so much for having me thank you thank you you're listening to the best of johanna james and noel clark on Hey guys, I'm here today with a very special guest. It's Michael Landers in the building, everybody. I actually don't have an applause thing, so I'll just do it myself. That's good. Thank you very much. That was a bit lame, actually. It's Johanna. Johanna. So, busy time for you. You are... American, but you're currently in London, England. I am. How are you finding? I was going to do a bad English accent. No, I'm not. Oh, can you um, do? Can you do an English no, accent? I, I was... can do the woman at the airport at the magazine that goes cashier number five, please. <laughs> but that's like um. That's Johanna. That was no, very so. good. I was gonna. So, are you acquainted with uh, with England? Like, do you know? Yeah, I've come here quite a bit. Yeah. My wife's dad is Scottish. I did a couple oh, of series Scottish. here. I did a series here. I did a play. I yeah. Occasionally, you guys invite me over. So you and I to... love it. Yeah, 
working But this in. show is it was made for Sky, but we literally filmed Hooten and the Lady all over the world. Yeah, I was going to ask that because awesome. that is the thing that you're promoting at the moment, which is your brand new Sky series, which starts today. Tonight at nine. On Sky One. Sky One. The main channel. The main Sky. And so, yeah, I've just che- been checking out the trailers and stuff. It looks, it looks, for me, it reminded me a little bit of like the sort of Indiana little homage to the sort of 80s. It is a throwback. It, it's a, just a big, fun action escape. Adventure. Action adventure. It's got humor. And we literally did film all over the world. We were in Russia. We were in Cambodia. We went wow. to Rome, Africa, Namibia. Did you collect little trinkets? Air miles? I collected oh, air miles. <laughs> snow globes. Did I collect yeah. little snow globes? I collected a lot of air miles. Which is your favorite country to visit? We ended in Cambodia, which I didn't anticipate myself going there. So yeah. to watch the sunrise at Angkor Wat is kind of awesome. But I'm half Italian, or my grandfather was, so I loved Italy. We started yeah. in Rome. Getting back to your European roots. It, yeah. It was fun. I mean, like, we were in Russia in the dead of winter, and I got to bring my kids on there. Yeah. To Moscow. We're one of the only shows that's ever filmed in the metro system in Moscow, which is cool. And we shot in Red Square. It's awesome. Special times. So you are, uh, it's called Hooter and the Lady, and you play... I play Hooten. Hooten. And um, the Lady is played by Ophelia Lovey Bond. Ophelia Lovey Bond. Don't you just love saying that name? Ophelia Lovey Bond. Ophelia Love... Yes. You have to roll your tongue at least three times. It's a very sexual name. I love it. Is it? And also... It's not like Johanna. <laughs> no, I like Johanna. I like Johanna. Yay! Thanks. That's a I play Hooten. He's an American kind of adventurer guy that um, is very good at f- tracking down artifacts or treasures or anything for yeah. private investors. He does it his own way. He doesn't follow any rules, which also leads him into a bunch of sticky situations. And, and um, is it like comedy? Do you or is it? There is fun. It's tongue in cheek. Tongue in cheek. Banter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Intellectual foreplay. Bit of bants. Little yeah. bants back and forth. Um, yeah. But it's fun. I mean, they're two. They're kind of opposite. She's very straight, but they both want the same thing. Yeah. They just go about it differently, and uh, and so that creates a friction. And did you audition with Ophelia, or was it? I yeah. They I came t- I came to London and met five. They had me read with five young actresses okay. and Ophelia came in last yeah and um, I had just I was making a movie in Thailand and I flew from Thailand and she came in she had just got off a plane from New York and she was playing like oh I'm, I'm just flustered and yeah. I just flew from New York and I was like Bangkok I got you beat so we instantly kind of hit it off and um, had like a little bit of a Rat-tat-tat. A little rat-tat-tat. The chemistry was there. Apparently, she absolutely nails auditions because there's a weird little link I just realized today because Noel Clark, who is my co-host here, he is a producer and film director and an actor himself. Okay. He's currently promoting his film. It got into the uh, Toronto Film Festival. Great. Ophelia was one of her first ever films was one of his. He auditioned her and he told me about her ages ago. He was like, oh, I met this actress. She walked into the room. I had the, a role in mind for someone else and she walked in and boom, part was hers. And so... that's She's great. So he... A weird little... I wish Noel was here because, um, yeah, he could definitely tell you. She's uh, also a comedian. I mean, the, she's yeah. her timing is amazing. She was on that show W1A. Jessica Hines, who's a big comedian, she's in the show and a guy called yeah. Jonathan Bailey who was on Broadchurch and W1A. Thanks. So it's Hooten and Lady in the cast of now you were also people might remember you because you were back in the day you were on Superman weren't you the new adventures of I Superman was. I Which was on a superhero show when it wasn't <laughs> when it, it wasn't, wasn't cool, cool to be on a fucking superhero show <laughs> but for me that is the only like Superman series that I register as real like that wow. was my childhood I love that show so much that's um, so funny I, I, wanted, I wanted to be Terry Hatcher you did yeah 
Yeah, you know, it's dangerous when you're a kid and watching that show because you're like, I'll just jump out a window. I can fly. I can I'll do, do it. This. I'll do it. I want to be a reporter. That didn't happen either. But you do a very good English accent. That was very good. I want to do a little challenge with you. Are you going to do an American accent? Do you want me to? Yeah, you can. Let me hear it. What did you say? Do you want me to? Do you want to go for a yogurt? Um, okay. Well, give me something to say and I'll, I'll try and do it in American. I'll tell you a word that everyone always says, like, it's okay. tomato, tomato. You know what the word that we don't do to, together? What? The same? Yogurt. Yogurt. You say yogurt. 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 Of yogurt. But, but yogurt. Yo- why do you say yogurt? Like I didn't hit it. I just said I just say yogurt. But you go to Valley Girl. Is that what you can? Can you do a Valley? Um, like a, what, like L.A.? Like California? <laughs> Like totally like that, yeah. I spent a little time in LA last year, so kind of thought that one. That's out. great. That's very good. <laughs> but English. Let's go back to English because I'm I'm a Londoner. I'm from South London. And South then London. From South Broccoli. London. I am from Broccoli. Get how, out. How do you know Broccoli? Shut the front door. How, um, I know Broccoli because I did a show here when we filmed in Broccoli. I've laughed. I, everyone. I'm that from South Broccoli. Isn't South there like an old dance hall there or some old... Yeah, the Riverley Ballroom. Yeah. Oh my God, we're like old school mates. This Boom. Is, well, I was going to... Yeah, I grew up in Broccoli in South London. So you were trying to test my um, wanted, London knowledge. I want to test your London geography. slang. So if I'm going to throw you some slang words, I'm going to okay. see if you can translate what you think that they might mean. So, Minge. Bit, Sorry. <laughs> do you know what that is? I do. You know what? I love that um, in... What was it? The Inbetweeners. That kid with like the clunge mags and... <laughs> uh, Sorry, I'm being naughty. Um, no, no, min- minge is one of like my favourite words. Give me a word. Okay, what about peak? Peak. Yeah, what do you think peak means? Like we've peaked. It's I oh, fuck. I don't know. It's an uncomfortable situation. Peak. So like, my, this is peak. This is this is peak. Oh. You can bring these back to America and you can teach mm, everyone. Maybe not. Okay. I'm joking. Yard. 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 Well, we a yard in America is like money. Oh, uh, is it? Like. Um, what do we call a yard? It's like a thousand bucks or something, right? Or a hundred thousand? Oh, wow. A yard? A couple of yards? Well, a yard here is your home. Your yard. Your yard. Your yard. crib. Yeah. Your yard. You're hitting me with some young, good... Yeah, this is the, I the threw, current. I threw minge. <laughs> okay, what about if something's dead? It's fucking dead. No, um, if something's dead, it's de- it's not happening. It's not going on. Nothing's happening yeah, right now. Yeah, it is. Poor quality. So Poor quality. This is could, dead. This okay. is like, you know, yeah, sorry, mate. Jack is dead. Like... Wow, give me some more. Shit. What dead. is the, what's whip? Your ride. Your whip. Your car, right? Yeah, okay, okay. Maybe that's the same one. Okay, cool. Uh, what about fam? What is a fam? Your family? No. Your friends. It's a close friend. Your close yeah. friends, my fam. And a uh, final one. What does peng mean? Peng. P E N G. Peng. Peng. We have a thing, what we call peng is if you, if, if you have a moment that you, Go fuck! I shouldn't have said. There's like a pang in your stomach, or like oh, a pang. No, it's uh, if it's nice looking. So if you see like a really hot girl, be like, oh, she's pang. She's pang. But she's what? Peng. Explain it. You just made that up. Why? I did not make that up. Why is the good-looking girl pang? What makes her pang? I don't know. What these kids on the street? They just like twist words. Look at her. She's pang. Yeah. Or she's pang for dinner. Paying. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we would say. She's peng. so pang. I'm pang. She's pang. Fuck. Yeah, no, okay. well done. You Those did are well. very. I didn't do well at all. I you, did extremely. You can. Well, I was so impressed that you minged. That's amazing. That's a bit naughty. That's amazing. There's what an actress in Hollywood who got minge tattooed on her foot. She did she? Was, uh, she yeah. maybe didn't know well. Uh, no, she. Yeah, she didn't quite. It was Amanda Seyfried, and oh, she said she was on set with Colin Firth, and he kept saying minge. She kept swearing minge, and so she loved it so much she got it on her foot, and then uh, now she does red carpets and. 
There's minge on her foot. There's minge on her foot. Well, we I have a lot of know. swear words over here that maybe don't translate. We say bugger a lot. Like, oh, bugger. Like, oh, bugger. Oh, bugger. That's yeah. like um, bugger. a Hugh Grant movie. Is oh, oh, yeah. He says that a lot. Yeah. You say bollocks. Oh, bollocks. Yeah. You say the C word a lot. The C word in England seems very normal and it's less offensive, but in America people get oh, really? offended by it. No, it's still pretty offensive here. Is it? Yeah. Not really used much on TV or anything. But go down a pub, it's everywhere. If they don't even say it, they go, you fucking cunt. Just win- whisper it. What about minging? You go, that's an minging. Irish thing. Yeah. Oh, that's right? so minging. Yeah. Well, all those, so um, I'm from New York City, so you'll ah, have, okay. when you come from different, if you're not in like a posh, you know, thing, I think you come up with your own little, little slang words. or isms. I invent words sometimes. I, I said ferocious once, and I meant like horrendously ferocious, and it just came out as ferocious. But ferocious is a good word. So I kept that. I was like, oh, it's just ferocious, that situation. It's like Shakespeare. You made up words all the time. I think they are made up Shakespeare. Of, are you a fan of Shakespeare? Bill? William? Oh, Bill? Oh, Billy Bill? Shakespeare? Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't... I don't I, There's a rumor that I'm he not, was not, actually a woman, but writing under the male name. Wilhelmina? I mean, that would make sense, I think. All those feelings that he was writing about? Emo- no, he, it is, she it's was pretty much about? just PMS in a play, isn't it? Just like, I hate you! Do you go to Shakespeare? I do. They, at the Globe, they've got this really good deal where you can go. It's like a fiver um, all the time. And For you, a fiver? That's the Columbus Road f- flower market. You can spend a fiver. I have a little fam in England. I have some good friends here, yeah. Do you know who Dexter Fletcher is? Yes. He's the voice of McDonald's. The Big Mac McFlurry. You've not heard every time you listen to McDonald's, it's Dexter. How do you know Dexter? We did a play. Did he get free in McDonald's? In 2004. He doesn't get free McDonald's. Oh, me. You'd think, as the voice of McDonald's, you'd be able to walk in and be like, oh, I'd like But I a think burger. they pay him and he can buy some McDonald's if he wants. That's not as fun. Where is do you it? get a good burger? You guys are all big about your lobster burger thing. What's going on? Um, I. Where do you get a good cheeseburger if you're. Co- oh, Five Guys. Is five Guys. I get free burgers at Five Guys. You do? I did an interview once and I accidentally made a huge tit of myself uh, and made a big sexual innuendo when I was interviewing someone and it went viral and um, Five Guys offered me free burgers. Five dudes offered you free burgers. Five or dudes. Five Guys the place. Five Guys the place. Yeah, that was the mix-up. I was talking about Five you Guys. You were thinking Five Guys the burger place invi- and, yeah. and uh, they thought I was talking about five men of mine. Uh-oh. But, uh, never go lower than seven, so it's fine. <laughs> Johanna. Okay, so back to what else can we talk about? Who's doing the lady a little bit more? Um, because it's starting tonight. Have you actually seen how many? I saw like the first two. We go to Rome in the second one. The first one's in the jungle. We go to <gasps> Egypt, Russia, Cambodia. It's just good fun escapism. We do a lot of stunts. We were up on the the stunt team. Do a lot of the Tom Cruise movies. Okay. And Tom Cruise picks the safest people in the world. I felt in good safe hands. So we did more stunts than I ever have. Wow. And they pushed us further than we ever did. We did fights on helicopters. Did you hurt yourself? They, emotionally. <laughs> like <right>? Emotionally <laughs> No, you get hurt a little bit, but they don't let you do every everything because yeah, there's insurance and stuff. You have to precious. come back the next day. I'm not precious. You've got to keep your face intact. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I'm going to start watching it, and that's actually quite big. Normally, I just stick to, to Netflix. Got any upcoming projects like next in line? Where you're I going did a film to... with Matthew McConaughey called Gold. It's a oh my God. that's coming out on Christmas Day in America. I don't know when it's coming out here. Okay, it's a big drama. It's about the largest gold scandal in the history of the world. I think the history of the universe. It's kind of gold, money, greed. But it was written and directed by the guy that did Syriana and won the Oscar, and he wrote Traffic and won the Oscar. Oh, so Stephen Gagan. So like it's a good proper proper serious chunk. And McConaughey's great. He gained mm-hmm. all this weight and. Lost his hair. He's like, great. He's going to, I think he'll get nominated for another Oscar. 
You said that with like <laughs> a nice amount of. No, he's amazing. <laughs> I think he's great, no, I love, and I, I love think he's fun. And he kind of came out of nowhere. He was like killing the, you know, the, the rom coms and all those kind of films, and then just out of nowhere, boom. He did all those romantic comedies, and then he went. He moved to Austin, and he took a little break. And then, and then the phone stopped calling yeah. for a while, and then all of a sudden you become a new idea. And, it's like, and he came out, and he did a couple of movies before Dallas Buyers Club that were great. Yeah. Mud and, um, and Magic Mike, too. That's yeah. what happened. That was the first movie. I think Soderbergh called him, and he came and did that. He works hard. Do you play like a goodie or a baddie? Or a I just play, uh, I play a banker, a New York banker that baddie? goes... No. <laughs> <laughs> That goes to Indonesia to verify that what they found is really gold. Okay. And it turns out to not be really gold. And I look like probably an asshole. But um, it's all set in the 80s. I had to pretend more to, I'd love to travel with a Walkman. I love that part of acting because I'm, I'm an actress as well. And like when you get put on set and you have to pretend that you're an expert at something, I'm like, yeah, I can totally fly this helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I know you had a really super busy day. I won't be getting day. in a helicopter with <laughs> Johanna. Thank you very ride. much. Thank you. It's amazing to meet you. And I can't believe that you're from my hometown. Well, you went to my... I'm from my hometown. Dance hall. River house. Whatever it's called. Okay, we need to stop here because this is getting dead. Okay. <laughs> you're listening to the best of Johanna James and Noel Clark on FUBAR Radio. We need to introduce. We've got our guest. This is Jade Adams Woo! in the studio. Jade Adams. Hi. Welcome. How you doing? I'm all right, mate. I, I, I was stuck in traffic, so I'm all like, I'm, I've got too much adrenaline because I thought I was going to be late. Oh, we got. Well, you're not. No, I've got, I've got to tell you something. I've heard that you're funny, um, the funniest person in the planet, or something like that. So. <laughs> something like that. So basically, what happened was I was. You better make me laugh today. Is what I'm mate, saying. I had an interview, and yeah. they said to me, they said, "Oh, tell us for the uninitiated, who are you?" And I went, "Well, a humble answer is that I'm just a, a lowly cafe." worker just with dreams of making people laugh to anyone else I'm um, Britain's funniest woman oh no I said um, I'm the answer to British comedy and then that got taken as the thing so now I can use it as a quote mate so um, yeah that's PR mate that is is PR I love that I love that um, but uh, apparently I'm quite funny I just I just um, I'll be the judge judge of that I have funny bones apparently I've got, I've got That's a funny what, bone. Have you? Mm. Have you got a funny bone? Yeah, <laughs> mate. You got to stop doing that. All kinds of. I've got a funny bone. He hits Do on you? my mum. It's kind of a problem. Yeah, her mum loves it. Her mum loves it. But she like a right upper. I bet. Yeah, she yeah. Loves I it. love how 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 big king size snickers right upper. She loves it. Does she? This is king size snickers with nuts. Yeah. This has taken a turn for the better. Total tone turn. Yeah. Yeah, Fubo. It stands for fucked up beyond all recognition. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So you just you could take in any old riff raff here, really. We can just go and look at the look at the Not symbol. on this show. We only take quality on this show, girl. Thanks, right. mate. That's why you're here. Thank you. That quality industry peeps. Peep on um, quality, apparently. It's hard to like it's hard to when you are I'm where I'm from, you don't really sit around uh, bragging about yourself like people do on the internet. So when I'm in these things where I'm in for fifteen minutes and I've got to make people come and see my show, I find it ever so uncomfortable to just say, Yeah, yeah, I'm real funny. I'm Can so fun I tell you what you won't do is you won't be bored for an hour. So what is your show about? Because you've got a show at the Soho Theatre. I Boom. have. I'm, yeah. there, I'm around there all the time. Come, yeah. mate. It's well funny. It's about, basically, it started off as I didn't want it to be what it was about. Um, and then over the preview period that I did for about, uh, from March to July, it turned into a show um, which was where I basically spent 31 years of my life trying to be other people, thinking that other people knew what the route to happiness was. And then I realised at 31, having 
having done this show that actually I knew what it was all along and that was to be me mm. and that doesn't mean people have to be me because I don't like that I don't like it when people <laughs> copy was quite, it's a one laugh I'm going to just write that down one laugh yeah. <laughs> one tick one tick done um, one, no one should yeah. copy you should just be yourself that's what I think anyway and I think that happiness comes from being yourself Indeed. being you however that is and not worrying not trying not to worry what other people think about you yes um, which I spent all my life doing because I had I had some um, stronger female role models that liked to dominate me when I was growing up. Oh, oh, it sounds you? saucy, doesn't it? it yeah. was. Um, <laughs> family members. Oh. Um, I know I'm West Country. I'm not that West Country. <laughs> um, a two. A two. <laughs> make a note of that. That's two there. Um, excuse me, chest infection just gone. I had the same thing as the Dream Girls girls had. Oh wow! Oh, because the show got shut down, yeah. didn't it? I had the same illness. Did you give it to him? I think I did. <laughs> Stop snogging all the cast of Showgirls. Hold on, hold on. So three, that's three. That was three. That though. one from Glee is worth it. <laughs> Who's in there from Glee? I don't know. I just saw her singing, and I thought maybe she's in it, but I'm not. I don't imagine that that girl's in the West. Maybe she is. I haven't seen her do any work since Glee. No, me neither. No, she got the. Uh, it's the black girl in Glee. She's sort of my size with big. Big old fro. No, she's done nothing since Glee. She's done. <laughs> Mercedes, she she's played done Mercedes, all, didn't she's she? Fuck all. Apart from now, she's in Dreamgirls. She's, she's very good voice. Yeah, she's mm. got a good voice. Do you yeah. sing? I do. Yeah, I sing opera. This, oh, chair, this chair wants to move around. In the show? Do you um, sing in the mate, show? I have um, an ongoing battle with these chairs, so just be careful, mate. They're, I'm, they're um, the enemy. I am. Uh, I do sing in the show, but not until the very end, which has ruined the ending. But um, it's, it, you still won't expect it because I take you on a roller coaster. It's, it's full of stuff. I've just jam packed uh, my show with as much as I could. There's dancing, singing. Um, I, I lip sync at one point. I beatbox. I rap. Um, wow. I uh, can do the splits. I shut all, up. Yes, mate. I love that. I was that. a dancer for twelve years. Fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm a, uh, some people call themselves a triple threat I am an octuple threat which has actually no relation to the fact I look a little bit like Ursula from The Little Mermaid <laughs> you don't you don't look like thanks it. mate that's a half laugh there I'll give you <laughs> four and a half no three and a half laugh don't get flat at yourself three and a half three and a half yeah. fucking hell three and a half. but she's only been on like two minutes that's brilliant it's, that's brilliant that is that's brilliant two minutes I don't, is that it I don't laugh much I don't laugh much so that is brilliant no honestly I don't. if something's funny he just goes hmm yeah. Uh, <laughs> they'd be a fucking be- they're belly rolling on the ground I'm like mm. is that because you think you're funnier than everyone else I'm mildly amusing yeah that's um, good. it's because you're the class clown isn't you mate I'm mildly so amusing it's, it's uncomfortable for you to no, have someone no it's not uncomfortable not uncomfortable that's no. the wrong word because look at him he got defensive what uh, I meant <laughs> was it is it's not uncomfortable Four. it is you had, you had one there didn't you yeah, truth was... is always funnier than anything else my show's very brutal as well I'm quite honest in it good um, mm-hmm. I swear the audience to secrecy when they come in about something I, I say some stuff and I swear them all to yeah. like uh, things that I would never put on telly or on radio yeah. I wouldn't ever um, say it but on stage I, I give the I, I give some stuff over to the audience yeah. that they're not allowed to like Ooh. reviewers as well I tend to shut the fuck up at the end good. if they didn't like it however <laughs> funniness um, you were you were probably very funny at school, which is why you went into the world of um, the um, dramatics. Mm, yeah. You were hilarious in Doctor Who, mate. Thank you. I am, was a massive fan of when you were in it. I didn't watch it so much when Matt, when Matt what's his face left, but when you were in it, it was brilliant. Yeah, when I was uh, Billy and uh, Mickey and uh, yeah, all that. that David, I know him as Rose, babes. Rose and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rose and Doctor. That's pretty much Rose where. Rose and Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of you, yeah. yeah. I don't think they ever really recreated anything. 
I don't Pass. think that they did it as well as they did it when they did it then. Yeah, babes. Yeah. Billy should have stayed in it and not done that stripper thing. Oh, I didn't mind that though because she had her bits up. She is so. well fit in that stripper show. Mm-hmm. She's all right. She's all right. But she's better as Rose. Oh, totes. Yeah. <laughs> you guys. You what what if Rose was a stripper? In fact, you know, there's some fan it's YouTube videos five, on yeah. YouTube. Um, of Rose from Doctor Who um, doing like, like basically mashed in Doctor Who and the diary secret diary of a cool girl because there's a scene where she has sex with Matt Smith because he's in Doctor Who and that so they mash it together oh. I'm that much of a fan Google that kids I used to read fan fiction Doctor for Buffy the Vampire Slayer and did, you, did you write it as well? no I didn't write it so for people that don't know fanfic is when um, fans write uh, stories episodes of their favourite shows or second favourite shows like and Harry have the Potter. characters fucking and doing all sorts of craziness and yeah. people love it yeah. I was always spit roasted by Spike and Angel in my fanfiction really? no I didn't write it I just thought that would be funny that is funny it's <laughs> um, mildly amusing it's mildly know, amusing mildly you amusing. didn't laugh no. you just told me it was funny which is what you always want as a comedian <laughs> that was funny there you are, I that's just funny. that down that's fire there you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, does he do this with all the comedians I think so no, but like, you're the funniest ever I, what funniest person ever yeah. I'm quite funny I did, do you know what I did today on New Year's Eve I am um, doing uh, two things I'm doing Soho Theatre um, with Bourgeois Maurice who were a great um, sort of cabaret double act mm. then I'm going to the Eagle in South London and I'm dressing up so Scotty who's a, a, a drag performer that I work with he um, is doing a show where basically everyone who's died over 2016 is getting recreated in this show at the Eagle it's a lot of cast I'm um, Victoria Wood Oh. I'll put the wig on today. I look just like her. Oh, man. I was doing all the hand actions as well. Let's do it. I was doing it. It was great. And that will be great. How do you feel about it? Because she was someone that was really, I guess, a pioneer in, in, in your... Lady comedy. In your yeah, she was. Business. Yeah, she's great. I, I loved her. I watched um, I watched Acorn Antiques and Dinner Ladies. And yeah. um, I watched all her stand-up. And I watched... I, well, her sit down because she was at a piano, but um, yes, yeah, no, yes, she was she great. Was, yeah. She was, you know, she is a pioneer of of ladies comedy, um, which is great. Um, I I'm not I'm a bit funny about the old ladies comedy. I just tend to do comedy. I don't really sort of. It's not ladies comedy. It's just comedy, it's just comedy yeah. mate. I'm just funny. Who I, 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 happen, you? I happen to have a vagina. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm sure it's a very pretty one too. It is absolutely lovely. Can I have a look? You can. After the show, we're, we're doing oh, one. No, we'll, show Facebook, right we'll Facebook live. No, no, Facebook live it. Feel free with Facebook, Facebook live. live. Yeah. <laughs> Can we? Um, um, uh, who, so who inspired you when you were a young comedian? Dawn French, Jennifer Saunders, um, Victoria Wood did, Julie Walters, uh, mm-hmm. and then I watched a lot of American stand-up. So like. George Carlin and um, Bill Hicks. Uh, I mean, every comedian says that. Um, Louis C.K. I love Louis' sitcom. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's brilliant. Mm. But I love um, my favourite stand-ups all American. All my favourite, like, proper, you yeah. know, not what I do, which is fuck-assing around with a load of bag, <laughs> bag full of props and Six. shit. Um, <laughs> um, but, I, you know, like, what they do out there with it. Because my show is the first time I've done an hour of chatting as well. Because a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to be, like, putting on different costumes. I stay in the same clothes all the way through the show. And I oh, ain't wow. Adele in it either, because I'm um, I do Adele. Well, I'm doing it tonight at the um, Glory in King. Uh, Is that on, why you got your wig with you? I had to bring it with me, and I panicked because I thought I was going to be late, um, and I was just dyeing it because it's it was too blonde. That does look like Adele, doesn't it? Yeah, I'll do it. All right. <laughs> Some trannies called me Adele when I moved to London six years ago, and not wanting to get any more jobs in call centres or serving smashed avocado on rye bread to children as young as four called Joffrey. I decided to start dressing up as Adele for cash. Um, it's not a bad shout, no. To be fair, it's Lovely. also the opening line to my show. 
how did um, how did sort of the Soho theatre come about then? How did it get from you having to start? I've got an idea to be funny in a show. How did you get it? Someone come to commission it. Um, I went to uh, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, mm. um, 2016. Smashed it in the dick. Got nominated for best newcomer. <laughs> Seven. Seven. <laughs> Seven. Seven. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> Nine. Roll. <laughs> roll. <laughs> Like I need to have a little king like ding 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 ding. <laughs> I got one. I should have bought it. Yeah. I had it when I I, I did um, I did a scissor kit to PJ and Duncan's. Let's get ready to rumble in the Bethnal Green Working Men's Club and fucked my knee up and did me ACL in. Oh flipping! And out. Then That's my, painful. Isn't it? When my mum was looking after me, she put, put the food on the other side of the room so I'd walk over and get it. She's a cruel bitch. <laughs> and then she also gave me a little bell which she would just let me ring up, almost like I was that guy in the wheelchair in Breaking Bad who's just about to kill Gustavo. Great mm. reference. Oh yeah. We're yeah. <laughs> very good. Good ding, ding, ding. So you got um, oh so yeah. So I got nominated for best newcomer, and then I didn't think I was going to get Soho Theatre because they weren't really like everyone else I'd seen had been given their spaces, and I was like, and then I was all like, oh, it's a it's a class thing. It's because I'm I'm working class because there were a couple of re- reviews up in Edinburgh that sort of really annoyingly referred to me as crass or brash, and I, it's just a shitty thing to say just because I've got an accent and mm. I'm not, and also I'm not like I haven't. Um, you know, I'm not. I, I, I have, don't have much fear when it comes to expressing myself. So yeah. I, you know, it comes when you're female. It comes across as someone who's a little bit bo- too gaud- frank, or, yeah. frank or gaudy or something yeah, like that. that. So I had a, or when you're black, or, yeah. yeah, babes. <laughs> just the, fr- just working out, class yeah. is the new black mate. Yeah, and when you're both of those things. Oh, mate. Yeah. Or female, of course. You need oh to be God. fat and in a wheelchair now, mate. <laughs> yeah. And changing your sex, yeah, and then you will tick a lot of boxes. They'll, 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 they'll uh, commission a sitcom for you in a minute, mate. Oh, yeah, no, maybe I should try that. Just walk, go in in a wheelchair. You'll be dandy. Uh, I might try that. <laughs> Do it. Write it down. Going to make a note of that too. Um, uh, yeah. So the, I didn't think I was going to get it, and then they, um, and then they gave me f- fourteen or fifteen dates, which is quite a lot Amazing. for someone That's who didn't win best newcomer, yeah. um, but was n- uh, nominated for it. And it's been selling really well. I've um, sold out the last three that I've done, and I think Tuesday might be. S- I'm not so sure, but I think it's very close to getting sold out on Ooh, Tuesday. So, and so you're at the Soho Theatre. How long are you running for? So I've now got a run from Tuesday, next Tuesday to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So mm-hmm. the twenty. Uh, the 20th to the 23rd I think it's four dates then I come back from Christmas I'm doing the 27th 28th 29th and 30th oh great in between and then I've got another run from the 3rd to the 7th of January as well so you are round so if people want to find you they can come watch. It's funny. They'll enjoy it. It's not... A, I'm not... I don't mention, like, my relationship status really in it at all. And I don't, like... I, I don't moan about not having a boyfriend or anything like that. I don't... It's, it's more about me being a person and me being a bit of a dickhead, really. Um, which is that what you want... Good, yeah. I think what you want from someone who's going to make you laugh. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, this chair is mental. Yeah, she's turning. She's now facing the other way. Totally there you go. Complete war, rotation. There's a war on chairs, mate. Just watch it. Am I meant to ask you guys questions? No. Well, we are slightly out of time because we're coming towards the end of the show. Um, and we've got to move on to our film reviews, but thank you so much for coming in. What film is it? Well, Loads. Got, just be careful of that chair. Just name me a film and I'll tell you what I think. Um, Star Wars. Love it. Rogue One, Star Wars. Oh, I ain't seen it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> ten, by the way. Thanks, brilliant, mate. you got ten laughs in ten minutes. That's amazing. Fantastic. That's thank you, brilliant. Jade, for coming in. Right, and that show is on now and will be going until the 7th of January. All right. Watch it. Thank you so much. We'll see you in the new year. Yeah, it's crazy in the dungeon. You know it's crazy in the dungeon.